point is, let's connect and chat about what is on your radar right now. Hi, I'm Kate Lynch. I'm a nutrition and fitness coach and author, and I'm here in rural Ontario with Lorene Partington. Hi, I'm a yoga instructor and a health and wellness enthusiast. Join us as we ruminate, percolate, and delve into everything from coffee to foot fungus. Just kidding. But seriously, we promise no mindless banter and no curse of knowledge potholes. Just straight talk and great stories from fellow travelers and heroes amongst us with actionable steps to consider for each season of your life. Brace for impact. The point is, be ready for anything. Hi, listen up. We have a great podcast for you today. Lorraine and I are excited to introduce you to Kate and Kelly, who have great dog stories for you about love and loss. So just a quick heads up that this podcast talks about both how fabulous our pets are and how challenging it is to lose them. Right, Lorraine? Yeah, we are uh, approaching, you know, a little bit of a tender subject, but I think that we have done it with um, compassion and uh, some levity. I, I would agree. Compassion and levity. And so just heads up, brace for impact. It's a touchy subject for some, but I think it's an important one. And we wanted to do it with some grit and some grace. Right, Rain? Agreed. Yeah. So thanks for listening and enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Point Is Podcast. I'm Kate Lynch, and I'm here with Lorraine Partington. Hi, everyone. I'm coming to you today from my car in Peterborough, Ontario. (laughs) Because you're headed to an appointment, and I, I am sitting in my office overlooking Epic Sun Farm in Warkworth, Ontario, and we are joined today by two guests, and I'll introduce the first one is Kelly Starr, and Kelly is a school psychologist and a health coach with a passion for clean beauty and whole foods. Kelly's the mom of three teenagers, two Siberian forest cats, and a German shepherd puppy, Kelly is also one of my oldest, dearest, most fabulous friends. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and we also have the fabulous Kate Wenzel, who is a mother of two and works out with us at Custom Fit Vitality. She works for Five Counties Children's Centre out of Campbellford, Ontario, as a speech and language pathologist. Kate is a nature enthusiast and a lover of all animals, including recently becoming a beekeeper. Kate has a huge heart and we are thrilled to have her. Yay, I'm thrilled to be here. (laughs) So it's great to have you both. Uh, We'll start with you, Kelly. Where in the world are you? Uh, And tell us a little bit more about yourself and then I will share uh, what we're going to chat about and we'll throw that back over to you. So, Okay, sure. Um, so I am sitting here in my home office in Rye, New Hampshire, which is on the seacoast of New Hampshire, about an hour north of Boston. Um, and yeah, that's, that's my story. I'm, uh, I'm into 
um, all things health and wellness related, clean beauty. Um, I'm a, a representative for Beauty Counter, which is uh, the number one clean beauty brand in the country, um, in the U.S. right now. And um, I do quite a bit of health coaching privately, one-on-one, and uh, that's, that's what I'm doing currently. And you are probably not far away from your beautiful German Shepherd puppy. Yes, I had to put him in his crate because he is, um, he's kind of like a toddler. He wants my constant attention. So, so I had to take him for a few laps around the yard and then put him in his crate before we started this and hopefully he'll be quiet. <laughs> well, toddler's kind of an interesting segue into what we're talking about today. So believe it or not, people brace for impact because we are going to talk about losing a pet. And I want to just share quickly, and, and so does Lorene, how we came to this topic. And then I think it will be obvious why we chose these two women to join us. But basically, I have, or we have, my family has, a three-and-a-half-year-old Maremma, uh, which is an Italian sheepdog, and her name is Viv. And Viv has had some weird illness for about five or six weeks. And I won't get into the details of it, but I was thinking about the possibility of losing Viv because I wasn't sure for a while if she had some kind of horrible disease or something that was going to take her from us at such an early age, which, by the way, she's totally fine. So we won't even worry about that. But, but I, of course, she, yeah, exactly. Yay, Viv. Yeah. I was sharing with Laureen the trials and tribulations of this behind the scenes and of course, Lorene, you have anything but a toddler. What What's yes. your pet situation right now? Well, I have uh, my big boy, Kaber, is a nine-year-old uh, St. Bernard. Um, and he is, for the first time, really starting to show his age. Uh, his hips are starting to give out. And I think it was really freaking him out. So there was a lot of kind of things going on. Um, but, uh, mostly, and again, he's doing well, but mostly I'm just trying to, you know, kind of learn how I can adapt things for him to make things easy as possible. So he's a senior dog and he's perhaps showing the beginnings of some senility <clears throat> as well, which is just, I think, yeah. challenging in its own right. And I can remember, uh, years ago, about three years ago, I guess four years ago this spring, I said goodbye to a dog who I referred to as my sister, <laughs> as my sister, Betty. Betty. And that was, I know, Betty in May of 2016. And it was, it still haunts me to this day. And so I had lots of support from friends, but I miss Betty terribly still. And then my dear friend Kelly lost her dog Rowdy last fall. So it was fresh again. Uh, and Kelly, can you tell us a little bit about that journey with Rowdy because he was a love of your life too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm, you know, bear with me because I'm going to try to be very matter of fact as I tell you guys the story, <laughs> because even a year later, it is still really raw for me. And, it, and, and some days it just feels like it happened yesterday. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I've, I've had a long history of pets um, and I've sort of run the gamut of loss with them. Um, my very first dog when I was nine got returned to the breeder after about a year and a half because my parents just couldn't put up with her 
craziness. And, um, and I just remember crying myself to sleep. Um, mm. I, I also had a beloved dog get hit by a car right in front of my house and killed. Um, I've had to rehome a Kuvas due to his aggression um, when I had my newborn twins. And my family dog, um, interestingly, died in his sleep, which is what we all hope for, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, but with Rowdy, he was the first dog that I ever had to put to sleep. And mm-hmm. so it was, you know, I would say probably one of, if not the most painful days of my life. Um, you know, it was, just, it was just a, it was an ordeal. It was really difficult. Um, but I'll tell you a little bit about him. Um, I would say he, he was a German shepherd. He was 11. Um, he had 11 years of really great health, actually. Um, never showed any of the typical um, problems of a larger breed, no hip problems or anything like that. And um, we just had a really special bond. We got him when the kids were pretty young. They were four and seven. And he kind of, you know, grew up with them. And he was just like the perfect family dog. And we could have the kids' friends over and they could get rough and tumble. And he was just totally reliable um, in every way. Loved everybody, just like, you know, your vision of the perfect family dog. Mm. So we get to his 11th birthday and I'm just, at that point, I was like, wow, he's 11 now. So I know at some point he's going to, you know, start to show some age. And um, I just appreciated him every day, you know, and he was always there to greet me. And I just, I like relished every minute with this dog. And I just, I just had an amazing bond with him. And so about a month after his 11th birthday, we're, uh, we're hanging out in the kitchen and he walks in and he's wobbling like a drunk. And, Mm. um, and, you know, so I, I took him to the vet And, you know, we, we treated him for, we couldn't figure out really what was wrong. We treated him for tick-borne disease. Um, We treated him for myasthenia gravis, which is a neurological condition. Um, And he didn't respond. And he, over the course of a couple of weeks, lost his um, use of all four limbs completely. And Um, I had to buy, I had to buy a special harness for him so that I could carry him in and out of the house and get him in and out Mm -hmm. of the car and stuff for vet appointments. And, um, it was tough because he was so with it mentally, you know, he was, he still had that spark in his eyes and, and he was just, you know, he was such a happy dog and, um, and he still had like full bladder and bowel control and everything. He just couldn't walk. It was, it was Mm -hmm. the weirdest thing. And so um, after a couple of weeks and another visit to our veterinary neurologist, um, she kind of concluded that he must have a brain tumor. And, um, <clears throat> and you know, at that point, we, we chose not to do any kind of scans or MRIs because, you know, he's 11, he's had a great life, I'm not going to put him through surgeries and, you know, all of that stuff and drag it out drag out the inevitable. So um, the neurologist was really wonderful. She was very warm. Um, She also happens to be a shepherd person. So that that was really heartwarming to me. 
And she, you know, like she would just get down on her hands and knees and give him love. And every time, Mm -hmm. every time she saw him and she basically said to me, look, um, you need to make a plan to euthanize him and you need to do it before anything else happens, you know, before he starts having seizures in the middle of the night um, or, you know, starts showing signs of pain Cause up until that point, it didn't seem like he was in any pain at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she said, you know, do it while he's still rowdy, you know, while he, you know, while he mm-hmm. still recognizes you and remembers you. And at the time, you know, my friends would say, well, you know, you'll know when it's time to put him to sleep. And I actually did find that to be true. Um, because, at, at some point he stopped eating and drinking and then you could just see he was getting tired and he'd had enough. And so when that day came, I called my vet and I asked him if he would come to my house and we made a plan for him to come out the next day. And, um, you know, we, we talked to the kids about it. I have three teenagers as Kate mentioned earlier. And, uh, um, you know, I wanted to give them the opportunity to be there, um, if they wanted to. And of course, to give them each, um, quiet time alone to say goodbye, which they all did. And it, and it was very interesting how they all kind of reacted very differently. Um, and so they all had a chance to say goodbye. They did not want to be present for his euthanization, Um, and I, and I was actually really glad afterward that they weren't there because it was, it was very traumatic for me. Um, Mm -hmm. but it was a beautiful fall day when the vet came and, um, my husband, Jeff and I laid out his favorite blanket on his favorite spot in our yard where he always hung out and kind of surveyed the land. And, um, and our vet came and, and, uh, you know, it was all very quiet and painless. And, you know, we just um, sat there with him and comforted him. And, and, um, and that was it. And then our vet took him away, which was actually another wonderful thing that, you know, we didn't have to worry about what to do with his body. Um, And we had him cremated. And, um, and we never did find out why um, he, you know, what the reason for his decline was, we had an autopsy done and everything. Um, and so, you know, I guess based on my experience, I would, you know, highly recommend that, um, you kind of do it in a, in a pleasant, as pleasant a manner as possible, whether that's, you know, feeding your dog hot dogs in those last (laughs) few minutes or what, you know, if, if they, you know, if they have a favorite treat that you really, you know, would never give them or anything like that, you know, just spoil them rotten and love them up as much as you can. Um, I think uh, it's funny you say that, Kelly, because on, be- on the morning that uh, of Betty's last morning, I, she ate so many hard boiled eggs. She had the worst <laughs> gas. Of any, it was ridiculous. And then we, we, we walked down to the barn as we always did. And one of her favorite things on the face of the earth besides hard boiled eggs was cat food. And she would climb up on the, on the counter and you could hear her. We'd be in the top of the barn working out 
and you could hear the metal dish hit the floor and all the cat food scatter and Betty would be going for, and I'd say, Betty, right? And then she'd trot up the stairs and pretend like she was innocent. And that morning I opened up the, the cupboard where the cat food sat. I took the bag and I just dumped her out on the floor and I'm, and she, she stood back and she looked at me. She looked at me and she was like, and she looked at the food and she looked at me and she looked at the food and she looked at me and then she was like, Oh my, she yeah, it was, it was like she hit she hit the jackpot, right? Oh, God. <laughs> That's awesome. What about what about you, Kate? You you are fresh, fresh, fresh. So yeah. I hope the cat food added some levity. It and did. Betty farting. Betty farting. I will share another story that will add some levity too. Um, but yes, my story is we I've I've lost five dogs now in my life, but just recently, last month, the end of October, we had to put down our Greta. And I'll be honest, I didn't think when you sent me the text to do this, I went, I know. oh God, Kate, I can't do that. I'm like, it's going to be a I know. giant cry fest and there's no way that I will be, and that's not good podcast material. So anyway, <laughs> I, I had heard... the same reaction. <laughs> so, and even listening to your story, Kelly, I was like fighting tears for you. Like it's, it's anyway, so it's, it is yeah. very raw and um, Greta definitely on the way on the day of um, we gave her pepperoni and bacon up and just <laughs> fed it, fed it to her. She was like, what, what is this? This is awesome. I said, eat it all. <laughs> anyway, um, yes, it was very awful. She ended up with, um, a bladder tumor and that we opted to try to remove in September. Um, definitely likely cancerous. We didn't go through all the hoopla to find out, but she was 11 <clears throat> years old. Um, definitely my dog. So, I think part of my grief has been my family has kind of moved on and they're, they're doing great. And I'm still like, Oh my God, I miss right. my girl. You know, where's your shadow right? yeah. Yeah. here. Yeah. So um, definitely challenging. Um, powerful things though. Dogs are eh? a, yeah. 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 So my, well, my, my funny, not my funny story, but I have a story about losing my very first dog in my entire life was when I was two. I was just just turning three, so it was between, like closer to three. Anyway, we had this great black lab named Ben. He got hit by a car, so I'm just little, and I'm the youngest of four kids, so our house was very busy. My dad brought Ben home. He found him on the road and brought him home. So nobody bothered to explain to me what exactly had happened. Everyone, like my siblings, all seemed to know, and Two weeks went by and I would not talk to my dad. Oh, no. I, I was not saying a word. I wouldn't talk. And I loved my dad. My dad was like the best book reader in the world. He'd come home and I'd like jump on his lap and like, but so he's like, what is going on? He's talked to my mom and said, why isn't Kate talking to me? So finally, two weeks later, two weeks of not speaking to my dad, I asked my mom, I asked, why did dad kill Ben? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I, like, yeah. I just think it speaks to the power of dogs, right? Like, mm -hmm. and my dad won't let me live it down to this day. He's like, I can't believe for two weeks you thought that I actually was capable of killing your best friend. Like, oh, <laughs> that's just nuts. Well, Kate, <laughs> here's the thing, though. This is my yeah. question. I can't believe being as hard a dark, uh, dog love, hardcore a dog lover as you are, that you didn't just pack up a little satchel and head down the road. <laughs> this, right? this is no sure place for me. Yeah. This is no place for me. Oh my yeah. gosh. Like what is going on? 
So I guess you know, I have to ask questions later. Exactly, right? <laughs> you know, the 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 first night, uh, and I, I don't wanna I don't wanna get the waterworks going for anybody, but the first night that Betty was gone, two things. One, Kelly, I remember when you called me to tell me about Rowdy. And I and, and we've known each other like 30 years, I think, something mm-hmm. ridiculous like that. And Kelly is one of my most uh, pulled together friends, right? So I'm, she calls me up. She's beginning to tell me this, what's happening. And all of a sudden, I'll never forget this. I heard you, I have never seen you cry ever, ever about anything. I heard you well up. And I, I said to myself, I'm like, oh my God, Kate, pull over. So I pulled the car over. <laughs> I shut it off. And I think I sat on the side of the road and I think we just chatted and cried and like yeah. for like like 40 minutes or something. And I was just like, no, this is a moment where it doesn't matter what's happening. This is definitely, you know, this is the time to step up as a friend. But I shared with you after, and I shared the same thing with you, Kate, and I'd yeah. be interested to know if, uh, and maybe, Reen, you can tell us about your childhood dogs here in a minute, but yeah. um, the first night Betty was gone, mm. I, ha- I had a night terror. I mean, an absolute screaming, sweating, mm-hmm. sat bolt upright night terror. And wow. Yeah, it was wild. And D- Lila was probably at her grandparents, so it was just Eric and I in the house, and, and our other animals live in the barn, and... Derek, he kind of sat up and he woke me up and he, and he, and I was just sobbing, just sheets of, 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 of tears. And he was just quiet and he was kind of rubbing my back. And then we laid back down and my heart was just pounding through my chest. And we looked up at the ceiling and he was quiet for a minute. And then he said this, he said, I feel like we are lying in the middle of a stadium with no one else around. He said, I feel, he said, I feel so exposed. And I mm. said, yes. I said, I feel bare naked. Like mm-hmm. it was like, she had such a presence in our house that, and I'm sure Kate, you have this a bit, you've, you may feel this a bit, although you oh, do have oh. another dog, right? But that, that, that dog that you have that bond with, it's such a bare naked feeling. Do you remember me sharing that with you, Kelly? Yeah, oh. absolutely. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, it's so true. You know, I um when Kaber Kelly, you said uh, that Rowdy, you know, used to come and, and meet you at the door. And and when Kaber stopped doing that, it was just so it, it is. It, it's like, well, where did my where did my shadow go? Where did my best friend go? He was always there and, and, and you know, just can't get up anymore. But it is it's 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 just so different, you yeah. know, and I um I had a dog growing up. Growing up when I was really little, um, my parents wouldn't let me have a dog. And I, I probably asked, I'd say, at least once a year. Um, <laughs> and then, um, probably on my birthday. But, um, and then uh, one year we went away on a family vacation. And we were in this kind of um, like hotel almost. And doors were all open in this lodge kind of a thing. And this dog wandered into my parents' room. And my dad said, we can get a dog if it looks like that. And it was uh, <laughs> it was so funny, you know. And it was this King Charles uh, Cavalier Spaniel. And when we got home, my mom started doing a ton of research and found one in the area. And we went to pick him up, and he was a show dog, but was kind of the runt of the litter. And his and he came with a name, and his name was Freddie. <laughs> That's so, a great name, Freddie. Yeah, That's a good name. yeah. 
And he was such a great dog. He was so gentle and so kind. And he was definitely my mom's dog, um, as I think it happens now with Caber being definitely my dog. Um, and he uh, he was a great dog. He lived till he was about uh, 13. Mm. Um, and uh, actually, it was shortly after my mom passed away um, from cancer that uh, Fred really just let go. He really had no will to kind of go on. Um, and his hips went out and he lost control of his bladder and all of that. So it was me and my brother who had to go take him to the vet. And, Mm. um, it was, it was really hard, but in the same way it was, um, we knew that we were doing him a favor, you know, and it was, it Mm. was like, you know, the ultimate, um, gift of compassion almost to let him go. Yeah, I agree. You know, when you say that, I said to Kelly and to Kate, and Derek and I talked a lot about this. The oddest dichotomy when they go is is this huge, huge, huge wave of relief that it's yeah. done. Not only that it's done because there's usually been a lot of, oh gosh, caretaking involved that can be exhausting, but that the mm. act itself is done. So, yeah. and the guilt yeah. that comes with yeah. feeling that relief. Oh, it's awful. Oh, yeah. it's horrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I swear it is one of the hardest things to do. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we've done it twice now for our dogs. And oh, man, it's it's rough when you just consider, you know, they trust you so much. And it's like, OK, John, mm-hmm. and we did bring ours to the vet. They did them. They did both of ours in the back of the car. So they didn't at least have to go into the vet. But mm-hmm. we but it's like, here, let's go for a ride. Up they come, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. they love going for a ride. Where are we going? And this is awesome. And then you're like, oh, it, you just feel terrible. Yeah. But yeah. You have to remember why you're doing it. And it's, it's all for the right reasons. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Brutal though. Kelly, tell us about your Freddie. So yes, I have a new German shepherd and his name is Freddie Jones. Aww. <laughs> love it. And uh, people usually think I'm crazy when I tell them what his name is, but um if there are any school of rock fans out there, Freddie Jones was the <laughs> Freddie Jones was the awesome. punk rocker percussionist from my nice. uh, school of rock. Awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, it's interesting. I, when, when we went through that with Rowdy, I said to myself, Oh my God, I just don't know if I can ever do this again. <laughs> and, um, but they just, you know, they just bring you such joy. And there was such a void in my life after he was gone because I, I had, I had been working on a congressional campaign and it was like 24 um, seven mm-hmm. right up until al- almost right up until he got sick. And literally I would come home some nights I would, come home at midnight sometimes I'd come home at five in the morning I mean I just you know but Rowdy was always there waiting for me mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I don't know if if this if all dogs do this but the shepherds that I've had do they do not take their eyes off me like it doesn't matter <laughs> what I'm doing in my house I could walk yep. over to make a cup of tea I could go to the bathroom and like they're <laughs> velcro dogs right there and they <laughs> You go up the stairs to grab dirty laundry and their eyes are on you the entire time. And um, so I really missed that. And I and we kind of live in a in a very private neighborhood and I'm home alone a lot. And I just felt such a void and emptiness. And 
So, you know, a couple of months went by and I said, you know, basically F this, I'm getting a new dog. And, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, I went back and forth about, about what to get and where to get him and, and all that stuff. And I thought, Oh, I don't know if I want another shepherd because of, you know, this, this, and this. And, and finally I, I just decided, you know, I want to know what I'm dealing with. So I did my homework and I found a good breeder. Um, and, and he is, <laughs> he is such a handful. Like I got to tell you, make sure you're really ready before you, before you do get, get another one, especially if it's a puppy, because, you know, I hadn't had a puppy in like 11 and almost 12 years. And right. all of a sudden I was like, Oh my God, I feel like I have a new baby in the house. <laughs> yeah. A baby so with true. Teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. A baby with very sharp teeth. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so it's a lot, I mean, it's, it's a lot of work, but, um, Oh my gosh. I just, I, I just can't live without a dog. There's no way. No. Kate, tell us about who's at home with you. So speaking of uh, toddlers, (laughs) we've always been kind of a two dog family. So we still have our other Australian cattle dog, Hugo. And he is, I mean, we we're kind of dealing with his grief too, right? Like he's, Mm -hmm. he doesn't know what to do with himself. He's finally, it's been a month now. So he's kind of coming into his own, but for mm-hmm. the first while he was like he was grieving and it was awful to have to watch him going through what I was going through so there was there's been a lot of uh kind of leaning on each other and figuring out what's normal again mm-hmm. uh yeah but I mean oh it was it was heartbreaking the day we did it and we made sure that he smelled her and mm-hmm. And then Mark said, my husband said, maybe he shouldn't come to the burial because we did bring Greta home. And And I said, well, Greta was there when we buried Tucker. I think it'll be fine. It was not fine. Oh, no. It was awful. I don't think I shared with you, Kate or Lorraine, about it. He jumped into the grave, Mm -hmm. pawing at the blanket. Oh, no. Get him out. And I said, let's just. And of course, my family, my two kids are there. We're all sobbing. I said, let's just do this fast. You know, cover it up. Let's get this done. And then he proceeded to try to dig her up. Oh, good God. Yeah. So that was just awful. That's something I cannot get out of my head to say. (laughs) The whole day Mm. was just a disaster. So, anyway, we've been trying to, you know, keep him very busy. But. Um, it's hard, you know, when you're, when it's so tied in with your, like, I can't imagine not having Hugo because part of my, my own routine of taking care of my mental health, I'm a nature girl. So every day I come home and we hit the woods, you know, like Mm -hmm. I I do a lot of listening in my job and and a lot of peopling and I'm a total introvert at heart. I, I need to get out there. And sometimes, you know, I don't might, I might not feel like it, but Hugo needs to go. So he makes me go. So I'm so glad he's still here to kind of make me do that because mm-hmm. it's huge, but like, it's so crazy how tied in they are to your routines and your, you know, everything you do, they're there for. So <laughs> I'm, yeah. Just, yeah. I'm glad we have him, but it's been hard to try to help him, you know, get past it too. But yeah, I, I think, yeah. Go ahead, Kelly. I was just going to say, you know, you bring up a great point that it is really important to keep up your usual routine after a loss like that, you know. For sure. You were, you were going to touch on some some points, Kelly, uh, based yeah. on your background as a psychologist about mm-hmm. grief, uh, grieving the loss of a pet. Yeah, I think, you know, people 
people who have never um, experienced that, that kind of bond with, with, a, with an animal, um, you know, they really, they really just can't relate. And, you know, the research shows that grieving for a pet can be as intense and lengthy as when a significant person in your life dies. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the symptoms of grief can last from a couple of months up to a year on average and, um, and even longer, you know, de- depending on the, you know, the, the level of, of heartbreak and the, you know, the strength of the bond. But the process of mourning is really a lot different because, you know, when you lose a person in your life, our society is kind of, um, you know, we kind of respond to that socially and, um, you know, kind of wrap around people as a community. And, you know, we, we have, we have a funeral and we, you know, we bring them food and we may, you know, have a celebration of life and all that kind of stuff. But um, a lot of those things tend to be absent when a pet dies. Um, Mm. It's just not as widely accepted or spoken about. And, um, you know, and so, and I think a lot of people, uh, myself included, actually, I, I was I was kind of embarrassed about how heartbroken I was over Rowdy. And, um, you know, I was I was a little concerned about what people were going to think. And I, you know, I, I tended to kind of only share it with people that I really knew could relate. And, you know, that's why Kate was the, the first phone call that I made when I when I realized um, that I was going to have to put Rowdy to sleep because, you know, <laughs> she's just the biggest animal lover that I know. And, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, truly. And I, and I just, I knew, you know, that she could relate and that she would be supportive. And, um, so I think, you know, we, we tend to hesitate to talk to people. We're afraid they might think we're weak or overly sentimental or immature. Um, you know, and so it's just really important to, um, reach out to people that you think, will be sympathetic that, you know, have been through a similar experience because the, um, I think the most crucial ingredient in recovering from any kind of grief is social support, you know, just, you know, just, just having some sympathy and being able to, to tell someone who's not going to judge you on your, you know, the way you're feeling or the way you're dealing with it. Um, it's all about validation. You know, Kelly, further to that, I'm not a huge Facebook fan. I really mm-hmm. can't stand it. I have to do it for business. But I'll tell you what, and, and this is going to sound really weird, but I'm going to say it to you guys. <laughs> I actually think one of the only redeeming qualities of Facebook is that it does offer a a forum for people to grieve the loss of their animals. That you know yeah. is yeah. so funny yeah. that you it's said true. that because I was just going to say, I was listening to what Kelly was saying and I thought, you know, when the people who have gone through it, they understand. I mean, I know totally. I, I leaned yes. on you, Kate, when we were like leading up to putting Greta down. And I was like, oh, my God, like freaking. But when I did put it out on Facebook that she had that we did put her down, she was gone. I was floored by the amount of support mm-hmm. I got. Like yeah. I was seriously like I had no words like people that I don't even speak to people that I haven't spoken to since high school were sending mm-hmm. me private messages and sharing mm-hmm. their stories. And I was like, oh, so touched by that. Like, even though, you know, I never see them, I never talk to them, but I was like, wow, 
you know, these are people who get it. Like these people, for sure. These people totally get it, and that, yeah. I think that's amazing. Yeah, that's so true. You know, I never really thought about that, but it's like people can, you know, the people who care will comment, and the people not who don't care but don't get it, um, just kind of scroll by. You yeah. Know, when I, when Caber exactly. first started getting sick, I was talking to well both both <laughs> of the Kates here, and yeah. uh, you know, you guys both get it, and and mm-hmm. that's who I chose to speak to. And it's funny, you know, talking to other people who just aren't animal people and they were yeah like looking at you like so <laughs> i know get over it <laughs> you know? you're fine yeah yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. that is that does I mean, bring up a really good point and i i remember feeling that way as well and i you know when i post i did post about rowdy on facebook and i i am not a big fan of social media either but i i kind of have to do it too for my business but um i posted pictures for myself like mm-hmm. i picked, mm-hmm. i chose I chose my favorite pictures and I just wrote a little tribute and I just wanted to put it out there to the world. And I, I was really touched. And then in the, in the months following that, I actually had a couple of other friends who went through very similar experiences and they both shared with me how floored they were that so many people just could not relate. And they would say, really stupid things you know like well the best way to get over it is to just go right out there and get yourself a new one you know and and things like that so um yeah it's just really interesting how people react and respond yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. i think that that brings us to uh, a couple of things one i think the point of this podcast is you have to have your tribe be it two-legged or four yes (laughs) (laughs) Um, so i would say that's the point of this but Lorene and I have been ending our uh, sessions with asking guests and ourselves about something you're listening to, something you love, and something you're learning. Do either Kate or Kelly, could you guys, do you have anything that you're listening to that you love and that you're learning that you'd like to pass along? Yeah, sure. Um, it's it's not really related to, to our topic, but I am... Oh, no problem. <laughs> I have been... Um, I have really wanted to um, incorporate more mindfulness and meditation into my life. So I've been listening to the 10% happier podcast. Nice. And that's, that's really fun and inspiring. Um, I am loving the new anti-aging line from beauty counter called counter time. I finally have found a regimen that I can use. Um, And I am, learning, um, as a health coach, you know, it's all I do is work with people on habit change, but, um, but I love learning about it, about the habits that people form and want to get rid of and how they, how they do it. And I've been reading, um, Atomic Habits by James Clear, which is just a fantastic book. Yeah. Nice. Good. What about you, Kate? Something you're listening to learning and, and that you love? So lately, I've been loving to listen to absolute silence. <laughs> I'm kind of a, mm-hmm. I'm a music girl. And so normally the first thing I do when I get in the car is play my music, but it's been, a, it's, I've had a crazy year and I've just really been enjoying silence <laughs> mm. and just listening okay. to nothing. So um, what something I'm learning is maybe how to communicate with teenage boys, <laughs> because, which could be its own podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah, it could they be. They don't come with a parenting <laughs> manual, and um, I'm I'm learning, so I'm kind of flying by the seat of my pants. But it's yeah, it's a, we're a work in progress. And what I'm loving besides my dog, 
and dogs in general um, <laughs> would be, I'd have to say, my super comfy purple fleece pants nice. <laughs> that I love to put on when I have nothing else to do, and it just means total relaxation for me. So, yeah. That's where I I'm... have to know if you're in them right now, Kate. Are you in your? I am not. Now? No, because oh, we have okay. to go out right. and run errands, and I can't really. Okay. I, mean, I suppose I could. You could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Clarine, what are you listening to, learning, and loving right now? Um. Well, I am listening to a new podcast. Uh, it's called Better with Dr. Stephanie, and she is someone that uh, Kate and I saw speak at uh, one of the conferences that we went to in the spring. Um, the one that I was listening to yesterday actually was, um, to do with meditation and mindfulness and the difference between them and, uh, some tips and stuff. I just found it really, really interesting. In fact, I've listened to it twice already. Um, I am loving, um, my, actually I love my doctor. (laughs) So this morning, um, I had to take my kid to the doctor, you know, just kind of routine stuff. And, um, first of all, I'm lucky to have a doctor in rural Ontario. Um, but he is such a lovely, gentle, friendly Irish man. And I, I do, I just, I love him. He's fantastic. Um, and what I am learning, um, is actually how to be alone. Um, my husband and I have just recently separated. And so I am learning how to be on my own without my kid. Um, and really, I guess just me and Caper. Mm -hmm. Nice. And what about you? Work in progress. Yeah. I, yeah. (laughs) I am listening to my Baroque music for studying and thinking playlist on Spotify that I highly recommend. Nice. Uh, it's great be- background noise because I too, Kate, am a music girl, but I can mm-hmm. totally relate to loving the silence too. Mm. And so that's what I'm listening to. And I am learning that it is very important to stay connected to old friends and that Kelly and I, no matter how long we go without connecting, we seem to always be able to pick right up where we left off. We, yeah. we don't do a lot of foreplay, do we, Kelly? We get right nope. into it. Yeah. <laughs> Those are so the true. best kind of friends yeah. right there. Uh, yeah, absolutely. For sure. So I'm learning that I, I really, as I, as I get older, you just we just have to schedule more of those visits. Yes. And uh, I love that I am going to meet with another fabulous woman uh, this afternoon to talk about an exciting project that we are working on together. Awesome. So there you have it. Awesome. Yeah. I want to say thank you to Kelly and Kate for joining us and for Lorene for uh, being such a great winger with me here. And <laughs> <laughs> I want to say again that the point is go find your tribe, two-legged or four. Mm-hmm. They're out there. And we've been talking a lot about that. And I think we'll have to do a podcast on it because I've been talking to my teenager about this, you guys, uh, that (laughs) you have to find your tribe and not give up because Mm -hmm. your tribe is out there. Absolutely. Nice. Thank you, everybody. Thank Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thanks so much.